Word of his power with Apostle Willie. Hello, saints of God. Uh, it is always a pleasure to come your way again this time. I give God all the praise and I give him all the glory for making it possible for me and you to still be here in the physical realm today. Um, there's no failure in God. And uh, it's been week upon week of discussing very key aspect of missions and last week we had uh, some of our brethren i think two weeks ago and last week came on board to join us while we share on the unity of the church and a lot of things that we discuss which you can take advantage of it let us pray as we open up the discussions today Father God, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor for your love and for your mercy. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this time that we have of sharing the gospel to our brethren all over. I pray, Lord Jesus, for those who will be connecting to this and those who will let us see this video, Lord. Bless them. And then let them hear your voice behind every tone. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. I have been discussing extensively on what it means to serve God as a missionary, which the Apostle Paul gave us a definition. And we started using the term ambassadors because that is what the Bible calls us to be we're ambassadors for Christ according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse uh, 19. And before I, I continue with the lectures for today, we are looking at honorable ambassadors, honorable ambassadors today. But before I continue, uh, I want to plead with us. The missed calls has been very voluminous. The other day, uh, my wife saw 100 missed calls. <laughs> so she laughed at me and I laughed at her back. Uh, if you see, on top of this video, you see uh, a Gmail account. Whatever questions you have, please, you can send it there. If, if you want to be part of the global team of Macedonian Missions Global, you can still send your message there are there someone monitoring that gmail account to ensure that uh i'm giving notice whenever there's a message there to that i can respond to it as soon as possible and of course as we make up our plans and arrangement uh a lot of african countries will be blessed because uh we're making a move to be a blessing to them and of course, too, we will not forget about the United States because everywhere needs the world. 
everywhere needs the word everyone everywhere is looking for the kingdom and so uh, whatever questions if you want to join us in any of our travels you want to participate in any of our mission programs still ahead or you want to be part of us you can make your intention known on the email and it's, it's very easy we'll reach out to you on how to be part of what God is doing Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia saying come over to Macedonia and help us and when he was given an account before the King Agrippa, he said, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. We are not going to be disobedient because one day we will stand before the owner of the work to give an account. Lectures has been on and I've discussed a lot of subjects, I've discussed a lot of topics in the course of our our lectures. Uh, today we're looking at honorable ambassadors and when I'm talking to you about missions, I'm not talking to you about missions because I read it in a book somewhere. As a matter of fact, it's a very complicated effort to have a concise mission textbook that can really help an upcoming missionary or someone who, has, who is sensing the call. Uh, because the experience you have in the, the, if, if I want to write mission, a textbook now on missions, which I'm, I'm, I've, I've authored a few books and then um, which I'm, I'm still working on one now, uh, but not really on missions because mission is so extensive. The environment determines the, the style. So if I sit down here in, in this place now and write a mission textbook here, at the end of the day, it might just benefit those who God has sent here. And it will not be able to be of a blessing to someone that God has sent to a place like China or Asia because the, the environment determines the style. So the, 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 the best I can do is relate to you my own experience backed by the word of God and some of the things that happen along the line when this happened. Of course, I've, I was moving from one village to the other because Macedonia Missions Global is an indigenous mission. What does that mean? We take the gospel to where the people are. Are we into church planting? Yes. But do we plant church everywhere? No. It is only when we get to a field and see that there is a genuine need for kingdom, to, for, for a church to be planted here. And then, of course, we can go ahead and do that because when people come to Christ and then there is no local assembly for them, for their faith to be nurtured, of course, it raises concern on us that we have to find a way to make sure that a church is standing here. But if we go to a place and see that genuinely there is a kingdom laborer in that place, laboring tirelessly for the kingdom, then we don't have to bring another church planting. All we do is we commit the souls into the hands of the man in the kingdom. So that is the aspect of it that we do. We plant churches where it is necessary because the most important thing is everyone hearing the message. Because the end is coming. Praise the Lord. So today we're looking at honorable ambassadors. Honorable ambassadors. As ambassadors, we are honorables. But you, we cannot be honorable 
without understanding what honor it's all about. We cannot be honorable without everyone, without us understanding what honor is all about. And so it's in two formats. Honorable Ambassadors 1 and then Honorable Ambassadors 2. So the second aspect, I'm going to treat it uh, uh, when we meet again tomorrow. So please, if you come across the video, share it and do all you can to share it on various platforms. It is, it, it is called evangelism, whichever way. Now, Honorable Ambassadors, for, for us to begin this, 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 this very, very important subject, in fact, it's very, very important in our mission school curriculum that every ambassador must understand this. We have to look at 1 Samuel chapter 3 from verse 1 to 10, and I'll be reading from the NIV Bible. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was, was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The Lamb of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you call me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Verse 6, again the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you call me. My son Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. And then in verse 8, Now Samuel did not yet know, verse 7 I mean, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Verse 8, the Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you call me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10 and the last verse. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time. Samuel, uh, uh, the Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. For you to become a honorable ambassador, you must understand the principles of honor. And honor in the sense that there are those who were in the work before you came on board. And you must have heard me said there are things in the ministry only age teaches not anointing as we grow 
into becoming all that God has intended us to be, the more we get enlightened by what is trying to tell us. For instance, if I enter a mission field, it is customary with me and the team to look for the elders in the land who have stood in the gate and paid them our respect. And then from there, ask them for their prayers and if possible, receive a counsel from them on how to go ahead and succeed with our adventure. And that's why I made it a policy. Even the team, when I'm sending a team anywhere, I said, when you go, try to meet the traditional ruler there. If you couldn't have access to the traditional ruler, then meet an elder in the faith who is there and submit to him or her. From there, they are going to give you counsel. Now, you cannot be honorable when you don't understand the principle of honor, even the Bible, the book of Leviticus said, rise in the presence of an elder, not even in the presence of a minister. So I'm not, I'm not trying to bring in culture here. No. Rise in the presence of an elder. Give honor to the aged. I know that the anointing is boiling in your head. I know that the zeal is real. I know that the vision is real. But when you don't understand how to follow these principles of honor, you will get into issues that you may not be able to resolve. Now, let's come to talk about Samuel. Growing up under Eli, the priest. Now, if you are a Bible student, which I am, and then you begin to look at the traces of the life of Eli, number one, you notice that the wife of Eli was never mentioned anywhere. So we don't understand because he had children. Where was the wife? If you look at the life of Eli, you can begin to decode a lot of things that were not in place. For instance, his sons were enemies of the temple that we will call today. In, in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 22, the Bible says, uh, Now Eli, who was very old, heard about everything his sons were doing to all Israel and how they slept with the women who serve at the entrance to the tent of meeting. So the sons of Eli introduced temple prostitution. Secondly, they treated the offerings with contempt. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 17. This sin of the young men was very great in the, in the Lord's sight, for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. Now, how they were, how were they treating the Lord's offering with contempt? I'll read from verse 15 of First Samuel chapter 2. He said, but even before the, the, the fat was born, the servant of the priest will come and say to the man who was sacrificing, give the priest some meat to roast. He wouldn't accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. 
If the man said to him, let the fat be born up first and then take whatever you want, the servant will then answer, no, hand it over now. If you don't, I'll take it by force, of course. Go ahead and take it by force. Now, as I look at this, it's one of the subjects in our curriculum that humbles me. And I want everybody listening to this to take note of this. The way God sees things is different from the way we see it. And we must be very careful. And I'm glad that I'm not reading from some kind of book. I'm not reading from an inspiration or revelation I got because in, in, in Galatians chapter 2, the uh, Apostle Paul said, I, I went up by revelation. So the things he saw, he gave us, he gave us. So now he made it easy for us that we don't have to look for revelation. All we need is to take advantage of existing revelation and then the rema of God comes upon them to enlighten our minds to understand what God is saying for the now. You can't or you may agree with me that there is a possibility that the, the, the home of Eli was not in place because the wife was never mentioned. And then number two, these are the children. I, can you imagine sleeping with women in the temple who came with their burdens, who came with their, with their prayer requests, who came with, with whatever they want the Lord to help them out? And then the priest that was supposed to produce, uh, pro protect the sanctity of the temple were the ones desecrating it by sleeping with these women. And, and let me tell you, in 1st Samuel chapter 1, I'm just trying to show you some of the things that uh, the, the 21st century minister will look at and say, God is not here. And, and it is a fact that you are too small to decide where God should be. In 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 14, let's look at another mistake the man of God made. He was not prophetically correct when he approached Hannah. Now what happened? Uh, uh, verse 12, 1 Samuel chapter 1 from verse 12. And she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli, observe her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart. She was like one of those women who the sons of Eli are taking advantage of. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk. Thought. And from the thought, it didn't stop there. He went ahead and said to her, how long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Now, is, I want to read from the KJV. First Samuel chapter 1, because if we don't, if, if you don't get this aspect of ministry, you are going to run into so many issues that just one sentence could save you. But you are in the mountain fasting for four days. These men of God that were here before us labored so much to protect the gates that is given us existence today in ministry. No matter the oil you are carrying, understand that there is a difference between the fire in the wood 
and the heat that is coming out from the coals. Their burning are two-dimensional. So you have to be careful. We must learn to give honor to these fathers of faith. If I see anything go wrong in the church, I will attack the thing, not the body, because that is the body I am part of. Any day, any time. Now, Eli made this error by assuming that the woman who was pouring out her heart to the Lord was drunk. Now, Hannah, you cannot tell me that Hannah will come to the temple and spend those times. Of course, they come there all the time for Shiloh. And she will not be hearing rumors of what's going on. Now, when the man of God came and said that to Hannah in, 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 in verse 14, so Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord. He didn't attack him by virtues of what she had been hearing going on. By the way, he couldn't put his home in order. Probably maybe by the way he treated his wife. Because if you are concerned, like myself, you one day, as you study the word of God, you will ask, say, where is Mrs. Eli? Or where was she, I mean? But Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord. I, I, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. Now today we disdain people who honor men of God. It was a culture even in the Old Testament. Hannah didn't call him priest or call him by his name. He responded by saying, my Lord. And if I tell women listening now to me that you ought to address your husband as my Lord, it's going to raise another issue that we may take over four weeks debating. But this is what Hannah said. Hannah didn't say, this man doesn't see well. He's prophetically inaccurate. His home is inaccurate. Even his life is inaccurate. And there's a lesson there to learn. When you are hungry to receive something from the Lord, be careful and mindful how you react to situations around you. Because sometimes your reaction might just be the reason your request might be denied. Hannah didn't attack Eli, despite all the facts and information she had. We are talking about honorable ambassadors. And I'm saying, for you to become an honorable ambassador, you must understand the principle of honor. And who should we vet it on? You vet it on those who had been in the work before you came. I don't care to know the stories you know about them, heard about them. Which those things will always be there. Hannah responded to a man of God who was prophetically wrong towards her by saying, My Lord, I wasn't drunk. Now, as a 21st century minister, because you, 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 you will assume that with all these things, it was evidence that Samuel, who was growing up under this you can imagine the, the innocent child, Samuel, growing up under this. Now, if this is what the children of Eli did, 
to those in the temple, what were they doing at home? And this young man, growing up, was under that kind of an atmosphere. And, uh, and a very good quality we have to take note of Samuel was, he was not going around everywhere talking. Some people would have said, my spiritual father is aligned so much to happen and I don't understand. And then when they had that voice, they said, I won't go to him. I will go to someone else that I know is in right tune with the Lord. See, the word of God is dimensional. Just get the point I'm trying to point out today. Some people would have said, no, I'm hearing this voice. I won't go to this man. They would have lost confidence in the man who understood the culture of the kingdom. Samuel still ran to Eli, meaning he still had respect to his master, irrespective of the responsibility that the children were displaying. He ran to him. He ran to him. I'm speaking to the younger generation. We must not miss it. By dishonoring those who played a major part in our spiritual upbringing, no matter their fault, no matter what you hear about them, no matter what their children display, no, irrespective of their family status, irrespective of their family status. It's, it's a principle. And, 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 and it's a message that everybody may not have agreed, but no worries. Irrespective of their what you hear about them, you must still honor them. And this is the aspect that this young man understood, which we all had to pay attention to. His sons were enemies of the temple, Hopni and Phineas. He treated the offerings with contempt. His family was nowhere to be reckoned with. Prophetically, he often was wrong because we just saw one. He saw a woman praying in the altar. He assumed that she was drunk. So that dimension of the woman praying, Eli didn't understand that. But you can't deny the fact that God placed him there. Hannah said, my Lord, my, my Lord, my Lord, that, that, that. Now, let me trace you back to the things this young man understood about Eli, which I also want you to understand. Now, let's talk about Eli's death. What happened? In 1 Samuel chapter 4 and verse 18. Don't forget that despite all that was happening in the temple, the child Samuel, <laughs> came from that same altar. Don't forget that. The altar, the temple through which has been mesmerized morally, because it was in that same altar where Eli said, 
my Lord. I, I mean, Hannah said, my Lord, I, I, I am not drunk of wine. I am pouring out my heart to the Lord. And then Eli responded in that same circumstance, in that same environment. And said, may the God of Israel grant unto you your request. So the conception took place there. Okay, I don't want to go into that. But let me tell you the truth. It, 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 it is not the sperm that comes out of the man and goes into the woman that forms the child. It is a spirit that is sent by God that takes advantage of the sperm, the spermatozoa released by the man into the woman's ovaries to form a body. And I'm not going into that. You should understand. And if you are too young, Ask somebody around you. They will help you. So, despite all the desecration in the temple, Samuel was still under the mercy of that corridor to come into the world. So the conception took place there. Hannah went back home. And then, of course, the husband came. The physical aspect happened. And Samuel came. And you will know that you are heading to a path that is going to hurt you when you begin to discredit the pathway that was part of the process of your spiritual formation. With all the things going on in the temple, yet Samuel came through that corridor. And here was him. I, I'm so happy for him because he, he didn't allow the crazy things that the sons of his master were doing to affect him. He, 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 he focused on what he was looking for. Now, in 1 Samuel chapter 4 and verse 18, you see, you, you will see the, the, the wonderful thing about Eli. 1 Samuel chapter 4. And verse 18, the Bible says, Then it happened when he made mention of the ark of God that Eli fell off the seat backward by the side of the gate and his neck was broken and he died. For the man was old and heavy and he had judged Israel 40 years. Now, when they told him that the two sons were dead, he didn't react. But when they told him that the ark was captured, he fell down and broke his neck. Now, I love commentaries. This is what Dr. Lightfoot had to say on that. He said, and I quote, Dr. Lightfoot observes that Eli died the death of an unredeemed ass whose neck was to be broken. Exodus 13 and verse 13. And then he went ahead and said, Yet we must observe to Eli's praise that it was the loss of the ark that was his death, not the slaughter of his sons. Meaning, 
when he heard that the, the sons were slaughtered, he didn't react to it. But when he heard that the ark was captured, I mean, I'll continue. Quote, he does in effect say, let me fall with the ark. For what pious Israelite can live with any comfort when God's ordinances are removed? Then Dr. Lightfoot continued and said, this is what he presumed Eli must have said that led him to that action. Farewell all in this world, even life itself, if the ark be gone. Now you know the pain of losing a child. Not just a child, two children. And you're already at an age where you are seeing dimly. His side was dim. He couldn't see. He couldn't see perfectly. Losing two children. Losing two children. In one day, how will his old age be? How miserable will he be? Will his life be? But when they told him that, he didn't react. But when they told him that, the ark was captured. He fell down and broke his necks. He said, farewell all in this world, even life itself, if the ark be gone. That did something to me. There is nothing you are going to do in this work that is new. Whatever God is asking you to do today, even tomorrow, there are people in the past who have done it. Honor must be in place. Irrespective of whatever you know that is your history, that is your history, And when you discover the part which you tend to call them naked, be also very careful. Because every man has armpit. Some have odor, some have aroma. And why some have aroma is because They are using something. And you know what I'm talking about. He was a child of God. In order for us 
to become honorable ambassadors, we must learn to honor our former, not, 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 not our former, our age ambassadors. Those who stood at the gate to ensure that the kingdom must be established. I call them fathers of the faith. God bless you. I'm going to stop here. Tomorrow, we are going to the next segment of the Honorable Ambassadors. And then we are going to look at it. And these things are going to help you. If you come across the video, share it. And if you know a missionary somewhere, send it to them. As a missionary, when they get to a field, don't just go and begin the work. No. Look for other missionaries if there are any and submit to them. Receive counsel from them. Honor them. Pay them homage. It is good. Because some of the things they will tell you will help you to avoid three days dry fasting. I'm telling you, counsel. Some of the things you go to the mountain, you go to God and be and be praying. Just one counsel and, and that's all. Child of God, the Lord bless you. See you some other time. It's Masonina Missions Global. And I pray for all those who are in various mission fields globally. The God who is in heaven sees you. And he will honor you. See you same time tomorrow. God bless you from all of us here in the States. Word of his power with Apostle Willie.